Hey guys, gals, uh, people around the world watching this here episode of Talking Stuff. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. He's very dark. It's very dark where you are, Spencer. Let's lighten up the mood. Help myself. There, there you go. go. Now you're talking. Uh, that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Buyers Auto. If you're looking to buy an auto, go to buyersauto.com. Check out their selection of new, used, and uh, all kinds of cars over there at Buyers Auto. Spencer, um, good day for the Buckeyes on Friday as they added five-star commitment, Travion Henderson, the country's top-ranked running back according to 247 Sports, the country's second-ranked running back according to the 247 Sports composite. But um, a player that committed to Ohio State without ever visiting as a top-10 player basically nationally and uh, a top running back prospect, which after everything that Ohio State went through in 2020 – to fill this class at running back with Evan Pryor and Travion Henderson in a two-week stretch in the middle of a recruiting dead period. Um, for the people out there that were complaining about Tony Alford, this has to really sting almost, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of a, a bitter ending for their ploy to try and get Tony Alford, I don't know, fired, whatever they wanted to happen to yeah, Tony so Alford. Weird. It was super weird. It was super out of nowhere. And, you know, the recruiting misses in 2020, I don't think had anything to do with Tony Alford. And so to lay all the blame on him for that, um, I think is just wrong. It's like, uh, it's like if, if the virus is affecting your life and you affect somebody for it, like, you, why are you blaming the person who's not the cause of this? Like, this is not, yeah. this was nothing, none of this was Tony Alford's fault. And so I mean, that's a, that's a deep, that's a deep cut right there when you're talking uh, analogies, but yeah. I, I think that I'm not great at analogies, but what I'm just trying <laughs> to say is like Tony Alford, this was nothing. None of this was his fault. And now yeah. you see the recruiting job he's done. And like people were saying, he's not a great recruiter. He can't recruit. Well, he just got a commitment from a five-star kid, the number two running back in the class, the number one running back on the board from then the kids never even visited. So, I mean, I think we can finally put all these Tony Alford uh, sayings to bed, I guess. Yeah, and the thing with Alfred, it, this is the second time he's done that. I mean, he, J.K. Dobbins visited uh, four months after committing to Ohio State in 2016 for the first time. It, it speaks volumes to the way that Tony Alfred is able to quickly build relationships with these kids around the country. But to be able to go out and find a player like J.K. Dobbins in Texas, LaGrange, Texas, an hour away from, from uh, Austin and the Texas Longhorns, to get a commitment out of him, JK was a top 40 player in the country. Okay. So it's not like he was like some under the radar guy. You get that commitment. You hold on to that all the way through JK Dobbins breaks school records. And now is off to the NFL. You have Travion Henderson here who has never visited. He was looking at Ohio state, Michigan, Oklahoma, Clemson, Georgia, et cetera. And the Buckeyes won this battle because of Tony Alford, Al Washington, and Ryan day and the way that they, approached his recruitment as a collective as opposed to just one guy. And, I mean, it. I said a, a bunch of times that I don't know why people wanted Tony Alford to be fired or to be blaming him for the decommitments from Bajan Robinson and Jalen Knighton a year ago when, you know, he's the guy they committed to. So it's not like he didn't do the job there and get their commitment. Um, but – recruiting isn't always black and white. And there's certain things that just play out differently. Um, 
And, and last year was a, an anomaly in a lot of ways when you're talking about the kids and their parents wanting them to stay closer to home and grandparents wanting them to stay closer to home. But with Travion Henderson, him making an announcement and committing to Ohio State without ever visiting the school, when you're talking about trying to put together a historic recruiting class, like don't you think that there's a, a possibility, Spencer, that adding a player of that caliber – who obviously is going to help draw, draw the attention of other guys. But knowing that he's never visited the school, does that help in your mind with a player like JT Tuamalo, who's never visited the school and now could, you know, who's been leaning toward Ohio State, according to people in the know? Uh, I mean, do you think that that increases the chances that he would commit without visiting? Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if, if there's proof in the pudding that you can commit to this school without visiting and you can – you know, you can be a building block for a class, and I wouldn't say Trayvon Henderson's a building block because he's the he, he's the fifteenth right commitment 15th in the class. Commit, right? But but if you see somebody else, a five, another five star, say, hey, I don't need to visit to know what's going on there. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to make a decision there. And I think going back to your point about Tony Alford being able to reel in those commitments in twenty twenty, only to have them decommit. Like none of this would be happening right now. If it didn't have, if what happened in 2020 didn't happen, if they would have gotten Bajan Robinson and Jalen Knight, I'm confident that there wouldn't be a Travian Henderson commitment without visiting Ohio State because he would have to see, okay, what's the role here? Because these two guys are going to be in front of me for three years, what's the role going to be for me here? Because you know everything is a everything happens for a reason, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And every Ohio State fan is going to celebrate Travian Henderson and Evan Pryor committing to Ohio State. It's also the same group of people who were mad about them not getting the 2020s. But if they got the 2020 running backs, they weren't getting these 2021 running backs. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they would have got one somewhere, but it's more than likely, uh, you're right, it wouldn't have been a combination of Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor, and it certainly wouldn't have been this early for either one of them. But when you're at a program like Ohio State, if you have a down year at one position – it's almost a guarantee that you're going to have an up year at that position the next year. Like that's just the way it is. Like, um, you know, and what you get with Henderson, I think is just the impact that he makes on Emeka Abuka on JT Tuamalo, as I've already said, um, you know, these, these other five stars around the country that are considering like, Hey, maybe there's something really special being built here. You know, it's rare that kids want to commit without visiting a school, but you've seen, this happened with Henderson. You've, we're, we're talking about Tumalo as a guy that could possibly fall in that same boat. As long as he's confident that Larry Johnson is going to still be around and still be there, I could see him making that kind of decision I, based on just my own gut feel on the, on the matter. I've never spoken to the kid. He does not talk to the media. Um, but then you see, you know, there's a guy like Kamar Wilcoxon down who just uh, recently decommitted from Florida again. Uh, I think he's done – for good with Florida this time, he he's been saying he wants to commit to Ohio state and he hasn't visited, you know? So you just see this uh, push. And again, we go back to what we talked about on talking stuff the other day. I don't think this is Ohio state pushing. I think this is kids around the country saying to themselves, Holy crap, there's an opportunity here to be a part of something really special and historic. And if I want to be in it, I need to get in it. There's something that I think Ohio state, fans and, and just recruiting fans should know, you know Ryan Day's recruiting style just about as well as anyone does. He's not a pushy kind of guy. Ohio State's not going to continue to push these guys until they get to 23, 24 recruits uh, commits and they say, hey, we've got room for one more. If you want in, you have to get in now. And I think that's the only time you'll ever see Ohio State push at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, as I said the other day, I don't think there's anything wrong with telling a kid, hey, by the way, if you want in here, we're getting close to filling up, so maybe you need to make a, a decision sooner than you were thinking. But for a player like Henderson or Emeka Abuka or JT Tuamalo or whatever, um, that spot's going to be there for him. Now, a guy like Kamar Wilcoxon I think is interesting because he's obviously a very good player. He's a, he's a, a four-star ranked defensive back prospect. He's uh, long and athletic and, and a player that plays with a, a real nasty streak. They like a lot about him, but the, the nature of the relationship with him isn't the same as the nature of the relationship as it was with Trayvon Henderson before he committed. And so you just have to weigh these things differently. And it's, it's not so simple an equation as this guy's a take, this guy's not like, I think Kamar Wilcoxon is a player Ohio state would really like to have in their class, but I don't think that they're in any position where they're like telling him, Hey, you better do this today. Um, I think they're saying, in fact, in a lot of cases, I mean, they're telling kids, Hey, let's hold off and let's make sure that this is exactly what you want. Let us get to know you. I mean, Evan Pryor tried to commit to Ohio state in January and was told, Hey, be patient. Let's make sure we're, let's make sure this is what you want. I remember being in the hallway at the Woody Hayes athletic center in December when Sam Hart committed. Um, and I, uh, he was, he told me about this later. He was on the phone with a coach at that time and was trying to commit on the phone. And they told him, Hey, call us back in three days. If you still feel this way, we'll, we'll, we'll let it, we'll let it happen. So I, I really don't think that there's any sort of inclination by Ohio state or Ryan day to be pushy. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think it's just one of those things that people see it happening, but now you see it happening elsewhere. Damian Robinson commits to Maryland, who's a, a top 50 player in the country. Ohio state's one of their top defensive end targets in the class of 2021. Um, he commits to Maryland. You've, you're seeing guys start to realize that maybe, I need to lock in a place right now uh, and then we'll see what happens and what unfolds here in the next few months with the the pandemic. And, you know, maybe I go visit somewhere else in January or, or in September or whenever the heck things have normalized. But I think you're going to see a lot of kids making decisions right now that it is based simply on the fact that they're like, Hey, I don't know what is happening around the world. And if I can help, a, a recruiting class potentially like a Damian Robinson. All, I mean, him committing now to Maryland is a, is a massive, massive win for, for Mike Loxley and the Terrapins. Uh, it hurts Ohio state. Like I said, he was a major target for them, but you know, Ohio state will find another defensive end uh, to, to recruit and they'll still keep working with Damian Robinson. But these kids make a lot of impact when it comes to their, their classes and how committing now can, can change their, uh, their whole class. Erm, do you think that some of these guys are committing to schools because they can't take visits and then they're saying, okay, other schools, if you are serious about talking to me, I'm committed to this school. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm committed to this school. You come to me and I, then you talk to me because I can't come to you right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really a matter of saying, I like this school. I, I have a great relationship with this staff. It, it's got, seemingly everything I want to be for a guy like uh, Damian Robinson, it's an opportunity to commit to your hometown school and, and to help build something special there. And then you, you couple that with the addition of Rakeem Jarrett in, De in December and um, Maryland in the Washington DC area has a ton of talent. It, it's a matter of how do you as a player 
I found this impact your class and how, what do you, what do you gain by committing early? What, what do you, what are you gaining? And for a guy like Travion Henderson, it's probably different than what Damian Robinson's gaining for Travion Henderson. It's about saying, and this is what he told me on the commitment interview of, of Bermanology on Friday night was I, Ohio state had everything I wanted. Why would I wait? Like, and you know, with, with Damian Robinson, it may be different. It may be a matter of Maryland has something happening. I can be the the guy that starts the class or really kickstarts it. I mean, they're a top 10 class right now at Maryland. And, and maybe November he decides to visit Penn State or Georgia or Ohio State again. And a lot of those big-time commitments that happen to programs like Maryland um, who are trying to get over the hump and become an impactful college football team again a lot of those things are sort of tentative you know what i mean like it's like well i'm gonna commit right now but if in if in november this team is four and six or three and seven it may be harder to hold on to that kid than it is if you're seven and three or eight and two does that make sense yeah i i I would agree with that I, i think that's fair hey can we shut down a room uh i think a talking point real quick uh sure there have been some questions there have been some questions in our uh, talking stuff question form. If you haven't found that, go to Berman I's Twitter account, both. We've got it on there. Uh, you can ask us any question. We'll answer it if it's a good one. If it's not a good one, well, come up with a better question. Try again. Yeah, try um, again. There have been a lot of people asking uh, if Pryor could switch to like a Curtis Samuel role and Ohio State could still take two other running backs. I just don't think that happens. That's just not going to happen. That's not in the cards. So I wanted to make sure that that was just very clear. We can just put that one to bed. We can stop getting that because I think there are four of our 30-some responses right now are about that, and I just wanted to yeah. put that to bed. Uh, people certainly are greedy as hell. Uh, <laughs> let's just get that out there. Um, and and it, I get it where it comes from. If you look at the class of 2013, for example – you had Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Marshall and Dontre Wilson all in the same class. Okay. If you look at 2014, um, you had Curtis Samuel and Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin and Johnny Dixon and all these guys that were sort of playing different roles and moving around spot to spot. Um, Evan Pryor is a really good pass catcher, but he's not a wide receiver. Like he's not, and he's not a guy that, has this the ability to do the things Curtis Samuel could do as a pass catcher. Um, he's a running back. And so I, I don't think, I mean, you sure you could move him, but then you're taking away what he does best where with Curtis Samuel or someone of that ilk, like a Jalen Marshall, um, you're not taking away what they do best. Like Jalen Marshall was not best as a running back. He was best as a, guy in space catching the ball, even though he played quarterback for Middletown. Um, in, you know, Dontre Wilson was a good running back, but he was better in that role. Curtis Samuel was better in that sort of non-traditional eye back where that's what Evan Pryor's best at. I don't think that you bring in a kid like that and say, we're going to take your top skill and get rid of it. Um, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I just, so I, I, th- I don't think that's possible. And plus, I, at this point, you have to understand, people, like the the Donovan Edwards, like Travion Henderson dream team idea is pretty much dead in the water. I mean, uh, Edwards um, is uh, is a player that is very similar to Evan Pryor in a lot of ways, and you're not going to 
it's just not going to happen. So we can just squash that. I think the rumor it just stems from Ohio State fans not fearful because, you know, obviously 15 of the last 16 say you don't need to be fearful of Michigan, but just seeing if, if Donovan Edwards were to pick Michigan to have to go against him, you know, that many times, however many times in his career. And I, I get it. I get it. He's from Michigan. Ohio State wanted him badly. It would have been a huge win over Michigan. But when you get a guy like Trayvon Henderson and when you get a guy like Evan Pryor, I mean, you don't want to sound cocky about it if you're Ohio State, but you don't really need Donovan Edwards, really. It comes down to this very simple fact, and uh, it's similar with Donovan Edwards as it is Troy Stilato, Emeka Abuka. When you see Ohio State offering a guy like Christian Leary, the wide receiver from Edgewater, Florida, like they did earlier this week. Donovan Edwards had two years. If he wanted to be in the class at Ohio State, there was two years of recruiting He him was the priority. As the priority for two years. And he knew very well that they wanted him. He knew very well, even in his early March visit, that if he wanted to commit then, he was told, you'll be the only running back in the class if that's what you want. If, if you're interested in, in being that guy, let us know, and we won't recruit anyone else. Um, he wasn't ready, and, and Ohio State, especially after what happened last year with Bajan Robinson and Jalen Knighton, is, was just simply not going to sit on its hands and wait to see what a, one player decided while the rest of these other kids are out are getting close to making decisions. And so, um, you know, I, I've read all the talk and I've seen all the conversations about how people think that he was misled by Ohio State or whatever. It's the same, same thing J.J. McCarthy said. It's, you know, he had two years as the guy. If he wanted in the class at Ohio State, he should have committed. And, and obviously he wasn't ready to do that. And, and the Buckeyes – uh, as they normally do in these situations, because Ohio State is one of the three best programs in the country, uh, was able to find someone that wanted to commit. And in a lot of cases, they find someone who's of equal or better talent. And Donovan Edwards is a great running back and a player that Ohio State loves. And somebody who Tony, uh, Tony Alford and Ryan Day have built a great relationship with over the last two years. And I, believe me, I don't think that they take any joy in saying, oh, well, darn it, now we can't take this kid. Or, or this kid, if, if Donovan Edwards still wanted in the class at Ohio State, they would say, absolutely, please come. But, like, he's not going to do that. So we can just stop the wishful thinking. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to, like I said, I wanted to clear that up. We've gotten a lot of questions about that. We're trying to make it more interactive with the people who are quarantined along with us. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I get it. Like, I, I totally get the thought process because – why not? I mean, hell, in 2013, I think it was, Alabama signed four top 100 running backs. Why not? Why not try it? Um, I don't think they're going to stop recruiting Donovan Edwards just because Edwards or because Pryor and Henderson are committed. I think they're going to maintain the relationship because, number one, West Bloomfield is a tremendously talented high school that they want to stay involved in. But they also understand they're kind of up against it. Ronald Bellamy, whether or not he's actively going to push Donovan Edwards in any direction or another. He played at Michigan and he loves having his kids go to Michigan. Like that's what you get when you're recruiting inside of the state of Michigan and recruiting at a high school where the head coach played for the Wolverines. Like there, there is an uphill battle. And if Donovan Edwards is listening, go ahead. It's like recruiting Cincinnati against Kerry Combs. Yeah. If Donovan Edwards is in any way, listening to Ronald Bellamy's opinion, which I assure you he is, uh, then there's no doubt that that 
opinion by Bellamy is, is saying, Hey, do what's best for you, but don't feel like you have to hurry. Don't feel like you need to, to rush into anything. And that's smart and that's fine. But when it comes down to the timeline of who's ready, when that that's the risk you run, that's the game of recruiting roulette, I guess. Like if this is where you want to be, make your, make your call. If you, if you aren't sure you can't be upset when someone else takes your spot. Now, I'm not saying he is upset. I'm just saying in a macro sense, you can't look at it from a perspective of being uh, bothered by it. J.J. McCarthy, for example, like he wanted to commit to Ohio State. He tried to commit to Ohio State. They said they weren't ready to take a quarterback. And then two months later, they took a quarterback. And so maybe I can understand why he was upset. But I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if they lied to him. They, they weren't ready, and then they were. But ultimately, they took the quarterback that they thought was a better fit for what they're doing in the offense. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting time, and, and you look at Donovan Edwards and where he's going. Greg Crippen, Michigan's uh, latest uh, offensive line commit, uh, who's a former Notre Dame pledge who, who reopened his recruitment and, and then ended up committing to Michigan this past week. I think he wanted to end up at Ohio State, but he visited the Buckeyes. And um, the thing is, like, there's a, a very defined hierarchy right now in college football, especially regionally. Like if you're in the Midwest and you want to play in the Midwest, Ohio state's the place you probably want to play at first. And then you go down the list from there. And I, I think that um, kids need kids see that they understand that. And they also uh, want to make sure that they're taking their time in the process and doing it their way. And when you do that, you run the risk of missing out on an opportunity. There is an aspect of this where Ohio State does not put any pressure on anybody, but just naturally because of the hierarchy of college football, Ohio State holds all the chips. Yeah, like of course. Like if you want to commit to Ohio State, you have to tell them that you want to commit there. They're not just going to yeah. say like, hey, commit whenever. You know, we offered you a scholarship, so commit whenever. They still yeah. hold all of the, the, the cards. They have that, that ace in the hole that's just the big block O that says, look who we are. And it's like if you, you know, it's just no, that's it's the game of recruiting. True. So absolutely, it's just absolutely true. It's absolutely I know true. We were. And pressure is a part of this whole process. Like, but it doesn't mean it's coming from the school or the coaches. It means kids need to be uh, cognizant of it on their own. Like, okay, read, read the cards. You know, Evan Pryor has been trying to commit. You know, they want two running backs. If you know, Evan Pryor is trying to commit. And then you start to hear the rumors about Trayvon Henderson and in him all of a sudden, uh, leaning in that direction and, and all this talk about Travion Henderson started prior to Donovan Edwards arriving on campus uh, for that March 10th visit. So like there's all these moving parts. Um, and sometimes it's about reading tea leaves. Sometimes it's about saying, Hey, if you guys think I'm, uh, I'm at the top of your list, you'll save a spot for me, but that's not always the case. And again, I, I, I think that in a different year, maybe Ohio state would have been a little bit more reluctant uh, to just take both these running backs in such a short amount of time. But after what happened last year, you know that there's got to be a, a side of Tony Alford that wanted to like wrap this up and show people, Hey, I'm not, I haven't forgot how to recruit. Um, and so I think it's just a, a perfect storm kind of timing wise and, and need wise for the Buckeyes that led to this. But I didn't mean to go off gonna, on this Donovan Edwards tangent, but there you no, go. No, it's fine. This this is good because it's still about running backs. And I think there is also a small aspect of look who's on Donovan Edwards' list right now and look who's on Evan Pryor's list right now. I don't want to 
to insinuate anything about Georgia's recruiting tactics. But if those guys would have gone to Georgia at any point during any visit, it's hard to imagine them, you know, coming back and not being enamored. If they would have visited Georgia again before yeah. they before committing to Ohio State, it's hard to imagine them saying no to the Bulldogs just because of um, circumstances again, surrounding yeah. recruitment. Again, right now there are there are three or four programs in the country that have a different sort of recruiting swag and a different level. And that's Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama. Everyone else is kind of trying to catch up to them. And yeah, you can't let these guys get to Clemson a second time because right, you'll you lose just them. Can't do it. Hancock, you can't let these guys get to Georgia a second time because you'll lose them. And you can't – I think LSU is creeping into that territory too. If you let these guys get there, it's going to be really hard. You see that with Grant Dellinger right now. There's a run on him with crystal balls to LSU. And, and it's just one of those things where if you, you know, if you let those two running backs that you wanted really badly get there – and you already said no to one guy committing, you're running a risk of having another 2020. And then in 2021, you're, you know, in the 2022 class, you're really scrambling for a running back. Yeah. So I just it's, think this whole, yeah, we've, I agree. being able to wrap this Trayvon Henderson thing up is, is huge for Ohio State because now they can focus on the offensive line, a huge position of need for them just to continue stockpiling talent there. And that defensive line that's going to continue to lose guys and have turnover you know, they can finally focus on that now that the running backs in the secondary are taken care of. Yeah, and, and the thing with Henderson here and Pryor and I guess everyone else, and all these kids are right around the country committing, and I'll, get, I'll point to Damian Robinson here again. You don't know what's going to happen after this situation stabilizes and recruiting visits can happen again. So the position you're in and the uh, is significantly better if after – the, the coronavirus pandemic thing slows down and people get back to seeing other schools and visiting the position you're in. If the kid's committed is so much better than the, if it's, if he's not like, mm-hmm. I know it shouldn't be that heavy of a thing, but like those kids put a lot of thought into putting those words out there and saying, Hey, I'm committed to this school. That is what I'm doing. It makes it a lot harder even if you do go visit another school, it makes it a lot harder when you're there to be like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is perfect for me. Like, because, you know, the first thing Travion Henderson's going to do when he's able to visit a school is get himself straight to Ohio State. And so then you already have the strength of this, of the commitment, the relationships that have been built over the last five, six months. Then you t- add on top of that, the holy crap, this place is different and unique and crazy and good. It, it becomes difficult for other schools to to pull away from that when when that's happening. So um, I, I don't know. We could, we could probably put a cap around that, but yeah. And like you said, these schools aren't going around showing these kids the trees on campus and the library. Yeah. So like, the visits are kind of nullified at this point. But you know, moving Absolutely. on. I wanted to we we kind of introduce a, a reader question. I'm not going to pull up who asked it just because. I'm recording on the laptop and I don't know how that affects it because zoom is a software that we're still toying with a little bit. Um, Somebody asked who the building blocks of the 2022 class could potentially be. And also what quarterbacks um, are at the top of the 2022 list. And I think those two questions tie into each other. If you look at how Ohio state goes about their quarterback recruiting, securing a guy early in the class. So I think they're really good questions from readers, good, well-thought-out questions. And the 2022 class is going to start being built as the 2021 class begins to uh, take shape. Um, So I just wanted, you know, your thoughts on the 2022 building blocks and the 2022 quarterbacks. 
I wrote on Friday about how Ohio State was able to use the early commitments in the class of 2021 to kind of help bolster this current run that we're seeing right now and because they were able to work so far ahead. But I think what's interesting about this pandemic situation is that right now is the time when Ohio State would be working ahead for 2022, and now they can't really. And I think that that's going to be interesting to watch how that impacts them a year from now. Um, that's why, you know, you see guys like Gabe Powers in Ohio and Tegra Tashabola in Ohio, top two players in the state, and C.J. Hicks. Um, there's a there's a seven or eight 2022 guys in the state of Ohio that I think are, are likely to end up in the class. But at this point, they can't really, they can't get to campus. They can't like put, they can't talk to these kids over the phone. Uh, they can't call them. They can't FaceTime them. They can't get them on campus because of this current situation. And we don't know now if this situation extends into the summer and then you lose your summer camp opportunities with these kids. I think you're going to see 2022 slow way down across the country. So it will be interesting if you see a guy like Gabe Powers out of Marysville or Tegra Tashabola from Lakota make a commitment early just to get something going, uh, in knowing that that's likely where they're going to end up anyway. And I'm sure Ohio State, when they do get a chance to talk to him, um, again, isn't going to push, but they're going to say, hey, with the way this thing is going, with everything that's possibly uh, slowing down, it would be helpful if, if you know this is where you're going to end up maybe put playing the recruiting game aside for a while and just get in the class. Um, that said, I, I don't know that you're going to see that happen. Quarterback is different, I guess, even than 2021, because not only did you have Kyle McCord commit early, but he's from a neighboring state. You had JJ McCarthy come in and visit. He was from Illinois. So it's not like he's far away. Um, right now in 2022, Around the region, you have Chase Harrison down in Centerville, Ohio, who's a good player, but I don't know that he's um, a, a guy that's a headliner in a class at quarterback. You have Brady Allen uh, in Indiana, who's a guy they've talked to a lot, but I don't. Again, I don't know that he's the headliner. So when you're talking headliners, you're talking, um, you know, uh, uh, Quinn Ewers over there in South Lake, Texas, who's the number one ranked quarterback in the country. He's been to Ohio State, actually visited before his freshman year of high school and got an offer at a camp before he ever played a high school game. The Buckeyes really like Gunnar Stockton out of Georgia, who's a kind of a Bo Nix type player, six foot one, 200 pounder. Uh, they like uh, another guy down there in Georgia that MJ Morris. They really like Malik Murphy out in California. Um, but they're really kind of just still learning. There's a Justin Martin out in California in Inglewood who they're, uh, who Quincy Avery, who obviously worked with Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields, uh, Quincy Avery compares Justin Martin to Dwayne a little bit. Um, I, I think that there's a handful of guys out there that are worth getting to know, but we're still, again, if these kids can't make it to campus this summer, we are way behind in being able to really project what happens down the road. That's All right. Interesting stuff. Well, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating because the Buckeyes are benefiting from this slowdown right now in 2021, but like everyone else, they're going to seriously be hampered by it in the class of 2022. Um, so I think you'll see that class trend towards a lot later decisions. That's where I, that's where I would say, Spencer, what else are we talking stuff about on this episode of Talking Stuff? Are we done? You want to get out of here? Uh, 
it's quarantine, Berm. We can we can talk for hours if you wanted to. Well, I don't. I don't want to talk for hours. Yeah, uh, I, I think you know. Here's the thing: we're there's no one else really expected to commit to Ohio State anytime soon. I think that Buckeyes fans should be looking right now to focus on the offensive line. Jagger Burton uh, is, is one of those guys that's really important. J.C. Latham, I think we'll see. He had scheduled to have an April 18th decision, uh, but that was obviously thinking that he was going to be visiting Ohio State and LSU again both times. Not going to be able to do that. So will he still make his decision in April? That's what I'm kind of looking forward uh, to see. And then other than that, we're just seeing where the Buckeyes go when it comes to new offers. And if they start to get to a position of uh, – fatigue I guess when it comes to the guys they've talked to for this last year will they continue to just push for Damian Robinson will they go out and find another rush end that they really like because he was their number one target uh, as far as just a, a pure rush end so those are all the things I think will be interesting uh, to, to watch and so much of this depends on whether or not that April 15th date for on-campus visits gets extended and it's almost certain it will and then well don't know what I think I think the most interesting thing about what's going on with as it pertains to recruiting right now is if you look at Ohio, for example, there are today we are recording this Friday at, you know, Friday. I don't night. Know. Yeah. Friday, Friday night. Uh, there are 1100 cases in Ohio. Sure. So there are more cases. There are far more cases down in Louisiana. There are far more cases in Michigan, New York, California, if Ohio is one of those states because, you know, Governor DeWine did a really nice job of getting out ahead of this and, and shutting some things down and ordering social distancing. If Ohio gets ahead of this by mid-May, but LSU and you know where I'm going with this. Sure, but I, I, there's, no way, there's, there's no way the NCAA will allow yeah, that, individualized and plans. And that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you might follow Ohio and think, oh, Ohio State can get back on the recruiting trail when Ohio gets it under control, but this is not an Ohio or an Ohio state thing. Right. This is going to be, going to be a national thing. order. Right. Yeah. So I just think that's something else that Ohio state fans need to keep in mind for 2021, just because it might really slow down into May and June if this thing continues to, to snowball. But this is what goes to what Ryan day talked about on Wednesday in the, in the teleconference that we had with him. He said, they're so far ahead in 2021. And he's absolutely right. All these relationships are with kids that have already been on campus, with the exception of Trayvon Henderson, kids that have, and, and JT Tuamalo, kids that have already been on campus. And in most cases, kids have been on campus multiple times. Emeka Abuka has been to campus twice. He's, he's out there in Seattle. Um, you look at a guy like Troy Gelato who's been on campus four times. So uh, these kids, Jagger Burton, three or four times. JC Latham, three times. Like These kids aren't still trying to figure out whether or not they like Ohio State. What they're trying to figure out is, does anybody else compare to Ohio State? And mm -hmm. they can't. They can't figure that out right now. And so that's, that's why I think it's interesting and why it seems like Ohio State is at a position where they're accelerating through this and other people are not, and I think that's why. But, again, at some point that's going to slow down because there's going to need to be a next wave of guys that they start to recruit in the class of 2021 as you lose players like Damian Robinson, as you wonder, hey, Derek Davis – we were going to see you on campus three times in, in March and April, and now we're not. How does that impact it? Does it mean you need to go out and offer another uh, safety linebacker type combination player? So there's all these, there's all these moving parts, and we can do our best to prognosticate what happens, but ultimately like this all comes down to whether or not the, the March dead period that we're now in um, 
gets extended, which again, I, ex- I expect that it will, if it gets replaced and it gets, you know, that you're able to then say, okay, fine. You couldn't visit in March and April, but you can now visit in May uh, when you couldn't before. Um, especially because all these schools are going to be done for the year for the school year. Right. So the evaluation period that you would have had in May is gone because they're going to make that call on school. They're not going to, they're not going to say, they're not going to wait till middle of May to make that call. They're going to announce that within the next two or three weeks, I'd imagine say, okay, you know what? We can't. So the evaluation period that was expected to happen in May when coaches can go out on the road and visit kids and watch them work out, maybe that turns into an early camp season. I don't, I mean, there's all these things that are going to have to be figured out. And for Ohio or a late camp season, right? Well, that's the thing you, but you can't do a late camp season because July is a dead period and July is a dead period because that's when high school students around the country are getting into their team camps. So it's all these moving parts that uh, require a ton of things to figure out, but, you can sort of see where it's heading and you know that school is going to be done for the year. So maybe if things are, if, if we're on the backside of this pandemic, then May turns into what March could have been. Um, And then if that happens, then you get an opportunity to, to pick up the pieces again there. But if that doesn't happen then, 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 then what are you waiting for? I mean, you're waiting till the season, you're waiting till September, November, October or later. Berm, when are you push? When are you uh, giving that layout to the NCAA for approval? I mean, all they got to do is ask. Uh, but I mean, again, none of this stuff matters because we just don't know the timing of of anything. So, um, yeah. Uh, to me, it, it makes absolute sense to just say right now, May is going to be a, an open period, and if if things aren't better in six more weeks, then you can adjust. But I think that people should be given that window to say starting on May 15th, you can visit schools when you couldn't before. So people could start scheduling things out and trying to get a, a head start on, on those type of plans. But otherwise what you're going to see is, Oh, everything's back to normal starting tomorrow. And then you have this crazy rush of things and, you know, coaches are, are going to want to make up this time, but they're also not going to want to give up their July with their families because that's their last time of the year to see their family. So um, maybe they'll be sick of their families at that point this year because of everything else. But, um, you know, it's just you you got to be careful not to uh, overreact, but you also need to be careful that you don't just throw too much on the plate at one time and, um, and force people to completely adjust what they're doing. So every time Ohio State's gotten a commitment, this is the last thing I'll ask you, and it can be a 10-second response and we can get out of here because I know nobody wants to listen to us for 50 minutes. Um, I've asked you every time Ohio State got a commitment if this is going to be the number one class in the country. Does Trayvon Henderson change your mind? Because I know you've said you're pretty skeptical still that Ohio State will finish the number one class. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, again, you add five stars that you didn't expect to add, and uh, it changes things. I I think that ultimately this comes down to – do they add a play, a player equivalent of Travion Henderson on the defensive side? And, and, and that I would be talking about someone like Terrence Lewis, the linebacker down in Florida or JT two Amalo, somebody that like doesn't seem like they should end up at Ohio state, but maybe they do. Um, and I think if you add one of those types of players that I, I think you find it will be very difficult for Ohio state to get beat in the class of 2021, if they can add a player like that on defense. Because right now the defense is – well, they're going to take a punter, but right? th- that'll, that'll end up being a, a gray shirt situation like they do with every other uh, 
special teams guy in the last handful of years. So that won't end up negatively impacting the class numbers. Okay. Um, I, I mean, okay. even if it does, you, you, you have to do it. So um, I, I think that the, the opportunity is there. Like it, I don't, I didn't believe it was a month ago, but on defense right now, you have Jack Sawyer, of course, as you know, a top five national prospect, but you don't have another, like on offense, you have Kyle McCord and now Travion Henderson and then potentially Emeka Abuka, and then you have, you know, potentially another top 50 player, J.C. Latham. Like, there's all these guys coming together. Defense is still a little more disjointed when it comes to what they're doing because Larry Johnson recruits totally his own way and recruits his the guys he wants to recruit. Doesn't care at all about the stars, and that's fine. Um, linebacker, you have, of course, Reed Carrico, but then you have to ask, like, do you keep pushing for Barrett Carter or you worry that he's going to end up staying in the South? Then can you replace him with a guy even more highly ranked like Terrence Lewis? So there's all these kind of things out there. The secondary, they're going to need to, to add another big piece or two. And um, certainly they can be the best class this year. And if they are, whatever class finishes number one this year is, is likely going to be the best class in internet recruiting history, because if somebody's passing Ohio state, they're going to have to put together a class that is uh, simply something we've never seen before. So that's all. This has been Talking Stuff. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. Thanks again to our friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking to buy an auto, go to buyersauto.com. Thanks for checking us out, guys, gals, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great day.